Hi, my name's Olivia, and I'm on a mission to break the silence of domestic violence and sexual assault. This podcast is brought to you by Bolton Refuge House, which is headquartered in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. At Bolton Refuge House, we create a safe space through programs and services for all persons impacted by domestic violence, intimate partner violence, and sexual assault, and advocates for social change. Today, we are speaking to two lovely ladies. Their names are Janelle and Abby. Janelle and Abby are both registered nurses for Eau Claire, and they work at the health department. And we are going to learn a lot from them today, but we're mainly going to be talking about what happens if you're sexually assaulted or raped and how hospital systems work to gather information up and then we're also going to talk about how the health department also does things for patients who are in need of services. Today's episode is sponsored by Allie Rudd Financial Services located in Mondovi, Wisconsin. If you live in Wisconsin and are in need of financial services, I encourage you to head to our website for more information. That's A-L-I-R-U-D dot com. I'm really excited for today's episode, and I think Abby and Janelle are going to give us a lot of insight and information for us today on what to do if we know someone or if we personally find ourselves dealing with a sexual assault or rape. Since we will be talking about some heavy topics today and some we're going to be using some adult verbiage, listener discretion is advised. All right, let's jump on in. When I first sat down with Abby and Janelle, we started talking about what the process is when someone gets sexually assaulted or raped and goes to the ER and gets an exam done. Who does that and what is the process? And they were telling me that the SANE nurse does the exam. So I wanted them to kind of explain what that was and the entire process. This is what they had to say. So a SANE nurse is a sexual assault nurse examiner. Um, It's typically a week-long training that you go to, and um, I was able to go about six years ago through my job. Um, So it's a week-long training that you go to, lots of education, um, going through all, like, the exams that you're doing and and prosecution and different things like that. So, And then also um, it's a... you have to do a physical part of the exam as well. So go to, I think I went to Madison to learn how to do vaginal exams as well. Okay. So what does it look like whenever someone needs a SANE exam? What does that? Yeah. So people that um, go to the hospital because maybe they were sexually assaulted, um, so go into the hospital and then they would see uh a sane nurse. Typically, you go through the ER. I think a lot of places, like in Eau Claire, I think Mayo and Marshfield and Sacred Heart have um, sane nurses, but I think they are typically on call or maybe work in a different part of the hospital. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they would have to call them down or whatever. Okay. And then, um, can you kind of talk about, like, the process of whenever, um, like, you see the patient mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like what to, what like, should someone expect if they if they are raped yeah 
Yeah. And then need a seeing nurse. Yeah. So, again, going through the ER. Um, so they would come into the hospital. Basically, they'd really be assessed for any emergent needs right away if there was, like, a concussion or, you know what I mean, some kind of, like, they need stitches or something. Those would be addressed first, those um, major issues, um, and referred out. But then also they would go through, um, like, the same nurse would really go through, like, really what happened and try and then document those findings and kind of do a whole full body exam head to toe basically um and you have to consent to the exam obviously there if people don't want to do certain parts of it they don't have to um but some types of things that they would do an exam would be um if someone you know if if someone was hit with a belt or strangled or had something like that happened to them, they would be taking pictures, doing measurements, documenting the findings. They really would be documenting what the patient is telling them as well. Um, they do combings from fingernails. So like if someone like scratched the person, the perpetrator, um, they would scrape underneath the fingernails. And really, I mean, you're documenting, is it the left hand, is it the right hand? You're putting it over top of a piece of paper, really scraping it. They might clip your, clip your fingernails as well to try to get some DNA off of that. If they say the person um, like licked me on the neck, on the right side of the neck, they would be taking pictures. You would take pictures of that. Also swab for DNA on those spots and then document accordingly. Um, they do pubic hair um, collections. I mean, they wouldn't pull pubic hair out or anything like that, but um, they would do like a combing just to see if there's any other, you know, happened to be some DNA, whatever left behind from the perpetrator as well. Mm -hmm. um, it, they would be doing testing for STIs, so um, um, so chlamydia, gonorrhea. Um, it's too soon to do HIV testing, but they would hopefully do PrEP. Um, PEP. Or PEP, thank you. PEP, um, which is post-exposure prophylactics. Mm -hmm. So, um, And that's HIV medication, so just in case if you were exposed, that, that maybe that would give you some um, protection against getting HIV. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, they always work with the patients. So the whole body exam, I mean... Um, fingernails, they would do like DNA swabs in the mouth. Um, sometimes they'll do um, like dental floss um, to try to get DNA out. I mean, it kind of depends on what the patient comes in saying, what happened really directs what kind of exam you're doing. Okay. Um, expect lots of pictures. I mean, you, you know, they're, the other thing to expect is that they're probably going to want to take your clothing as well because a lot of times there is that DNA that can be on the clothing and it's really great for um, having for evidence. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, expect lots of pictures. Also expect to have an advocate there as well, um, which... Mm -hmm. The Bolton we House works yep. works a lot with. Mm -hmm. And they would go, I mean, they can go to court with them as well. Mm -hmm. So so um, do they need to ask for an advocate? Or how so does that work? They shouldn't have to. Okay. I mean, it should typically just be a part of the exam where they come in and do you want an advocate with you and explain what, what okay. that is. It should Perfect. not have to be something where they have to ask for it. Okay. But knowing that they can ask yeah. for an advocate if they mm -hmm. feel like they need that. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, most definitely. So in the exam, does the patient have to have all this data collected on them? So, I mean, people can choose to go in and have a SANE exam done and not prosecute or press charges. They can go in and have a SANE exam done and just kind of have that kit, you know, saved, where if they decide down the road they want to 
further press charges. But it is a really great thing to have. I mean, it, it's a good thing to have done because they can, if this perpetrator, this person, has committed other sexual assaults, um, that DNA can get hits from other cases as well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you know what happens to the evidence once it's collected from the scene exam? So I do know that there is a, I mean, there's definitely a chain of commands. Like, like you turn over the evidence to the police department and it's it's doc, well documented, you know, like I, Janelle, am handing this mm-hmm. over to you, Olivia. There's a documentation of okay. that. So what I happens mean, if they choose not to turn it in but get the exam? Where does that go? I think it stays, well, it, at one point it stayed with the Eau Claire Police Department, but I think now they're turning it into the state, possibly. Okay. Questions when you're going through this? Like, you can email them to us, and okay. I can look it up a little okay. bit more and find out more. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that it is turned over to the state, or I think we send them into Wausau, to a lab in Wausau. Okay. I think Eau Claire sends them to Where Wausau. Like store it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. just in case. Mm-hmm. And then if they find out later... If they change their mind down the road and they want to use that evidence, how do they go about getting that? Who do they contact? I would say they would contact the police department. The police department. Yeah. Okay. Yep, and most then definitely. Say that they want to turn in their evidence that was yeah. found. And basically let them know, like, you know, hey, when I, I went to the hospital, you know, two years ago, um, had a SANE exam done, and I'm interested in, you know, because I think sometimes it's just too emotional to yeah. want to turn yeah. that in. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about maybe the emotion, the emotional Sh- Yeah, yeah. And Abby, you can jump in too if you mm-hmm. have anything. But um, truly there is a lot of trauma and a lot of, um, you know, post-traumatic stress that can happen after having something like this happen. Um, and people, you know, maybe have had incident or things that have happened in their past and then have this happen mm-hmm. to them too so it can really just bring out some raw emotions so um you know having a great sane nurse to support you having an advocate there with you um and then also i mean in the future it may be one day down the road it may be five days down the road mm-hmm. it may be 10 years down the road that it will come back to you at some point in time and so just taking care of yourself and your emotional well-being and having people that you can do you know if sane nurses refer like social workers or anything during this process um i'm pretty sure that they can i mean i think anytime you go to the hospital i'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure that they can um i don't know that if it's a you know like a mandated part of what they do i would assume that they have some kind of Mm -hmm. mental health social worker referral system so if someone's kind of preparing to go to the hospital because they have been raped is there anything that they should bring um for their same exam maybe like an extra change of clothes Mm because they'll probably take their clothes or anything like that that you can think of that they should prepare for yeah so if you are going in to have a same exam done um and if it's, I mean, if you're going in right away, I mean, I think you just take what you have with you just because maybe you just need to get there right away and um, be taken care of. But um, if you're at home and you're kind of making the decision to go in, just make sure you bring the clothes in that you were wearing at the time of the assault. Put it in a paper bag. That's the best way to keep that DNA on the clothing. Um, you know, bringing, if you want to bring somebody with you, you can, like a support person. Um, you know, they may not be able to be in the room with you but then again you could have the advocate in the room with you um 
Because there are some questions that they might have to ask and mm-hmm. they need to have somebody else in the room that maybe isn't family or close friends. Just because there's some personal questions. Um, but also, I mean, I think bringing your cell phone with in case if you have somebody you want to call. Um, I think... I don't really think there's anything else that's really important to have with you. Okay. Um, y- you know, you talk about bringing a change of clothes. Yeah, you could bring a change of clothes. They also try to keep some extra clothes oh, good. Um, at the hospital and stuff. So people that have to part with their clothes, because that mm-hmm. is a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. I think of some of the jeans that I have, yeah. and I don't want to get rid of those jeans. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they do have to um, give those up. And at some point they can get them back. Um, but, yeah, so okay, change of clothes. Would be a good yeah if, if you have time to prepare. If you have time to prepare, most definitely, most okay. definitely. So, um, what do you guys do here at the health department for public nurse wise, public wise for the community? Yeah, yeah. So, like, if somebody was sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. maybe didn't go in for a sane exam, but wants to come in and get tested mm-hmm. because potentially they were exposed to something. Right. The family planning clinic, we can see. And where is that located? In the Eau Claire County Courthouse. Okay. So we're on the ground floor of the okay. courthouse, um, right by where the front office of the health department is. Okay. Um, so we see a variety of people for reproductive health. So if someone was sexually assaulted, we could see them and provide a follow-up testing for them. So like chlamydia, gonorrhea, HIV, that type of testing. If they needed to be treated for any of um, like the chlamydia and gonorrhea, we can do that here. Or we can make referrals if they need to be um, treated for other things like HIV, things like that. So we can do all that testing here and we just work with our patients to make sure all their services are covered so they don't have to pay out of pocket if they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we really work with our patients to make sure that uh, that they can get the services they need. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a lot of different people. So I think we've had people tell us they come to us because we're a non-judgmental space mm-hmm. and they might not want to see their primary provider. Mm-hmm. Because um, they, they might be a nurse themselves. Or yeah, in yes, or yeah, and they might feel embarrassed because mm-hmm. unfortunately there's still stigma mm-hmm. around sexual health mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, that type of thing. So it is good for people to know that we are a resource in the mm-hmm. community. Um, and that, like I said, we really do work with people to make sure they can get the services mm-hmm. they need. What kind of services do you guys offer here? So we provide STI screening, testing, and treatment. Um, so we can provide treatment for, um, like I said, most STIs. There's some STIs that we would have to refer to um, a different doctor to be treated for. So that would be like HIV. Right now we still refer um, for most people with syphilis to another doctor. But we can treat for... Uh, herpes, chlamydia, gonorrhea, trick. And we also provide uh, birth control. So like the birth control pill, the ring, the injection. Mm-hmm. And when we do have a nurse practitioner, we're able to do the longer acting birth controls as well. So like the implant in the arm mm-hmm. or the IUD. Um, and she also is able to do pap smears um, and then colposcopies for people that have abnormal cells on their pap. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's able to provide a lot of different services there. Uh, and one thing that, to tie it kind of back to um, people that are in abusive relationships, um, helping them figure out what type of birth control that they can use mm-hmm. to 
um, not have kids if they don't want to have right. kids with their partner and things that they can potentially keep away from their partner mm-hmm. so their partner doesn't know about it. So we can really just work with yeah. I with like those. that because, like, maybe if an abuser is taking your birth control, mm-hmm. if you have the, is it the I IUD. IUD, he will never know it, right? Mm-hmm. So, or yes and no. no. I, okay. But I've heard horror stories where, like, so the IUD is in the uterus, but mm-hmm. there's also a string that comes out that is down below mm-hmm. the cervix. And so sometimes during vaginal intercourse, your partner can feel that. Oh. So there is that potential. Okay. So it's really about talking. So maybe if you're talking, worried about, yes, it's, worried about but, it, you might want to do, like, the implant or something. Yeah, it's about but talking the nurse, to the... A nurse practitioner or a doctor can cut the strings yes. pretty short. Oh, yes. Really? So it's option. about talking yeah. to your okay. provider and letting them know. And that's one of the yeah. really important things mm-hmm. is having a provider you can trust right. and share that with is right. huge because mm-hmm. then they can help you um, with things like the birth control, mm-hmm. but also make referrals to places mm-hmm. like Bolton mm-hmm. um, to make sure that you're getting the services you need to be safe. Mm-hmm. And another thing is being open and honest with them about what kind of sex you're having as well, because mm-hmm. if you don't tell somebody um, that you're having anal sex or if you're receiving anal sex, they'll never know to swab your rectum oh. to test for chlamydia or test for oh, gonorrhea. Oh, like during a sane exam. Yeah. Like yep. being completely open mm-hmm. and honest mm-hmm. what's, mm-hmm. what's going on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so that's important in a sane exam and just mm-hmm. like whenever you see your healthcare provider mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sexual health is mm-hmm. to be really open about. Yeah. Because yeah, you may have it, I mean you can get chlamydia or gonorrhea in your throat, but you may not have it vaginally. Oh. So, so like if you're having oral sex to make sure that you're saying that so they know to swab your throat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yep. That's really important. Yeah. I did not. I was going to say most that. people don't always no, know never, that and are a little surprised yeah, to hear that. I knew that. And so you could do standing exams for, is it just for rape or like if you have a, like if you're with an abuser or sometimes we just see that um, abusers are prostituting their, their significant other out or anything like that. Would standing exams fall under that too? Like if they believe like, or would that mainly be go to your provider and get like an STI testing or something? So I think if you, I mean, if, if you are being like forced forced to have mm-hmm. sex, mm-hmm. thank you. If you're being forced to have sex, that is non-consensual sex, and definitely you can go in for a sane exam okay. for so that. So sane exam is any non-consensual mm-hmm. sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to know like why you might. Yeah. Do- go have yeah. an exam yeah and you know you can always too if like if you're contemplating should i go should i not go make a phone call to the hospital that you think you're going to go to you could call um an advocate as well and just or even maybe the bolton house mm-hmm. and just say hey this is what happened what should i do mm-hmm. and that's the beautiful thing about advocates is i feel like they can really do a mm-hmm. whole variety of things mm-hmm. and really help like meet the needs of mm-hmm. whatever that client is going through and especially people that are not of age as well so if you're not of consenting right. age where if you came in for a sane exam that would have to get reported because Oh. You're underage, under the age of 18. Once you're 18, you can make the choice not to. So what happens if you're underage? Then they would have to report. Okay. They would have to report to Child Protective Services. Okay. And 
most times with sexual assaults, um, unless it's a caregiver, that would actually go straight to law enforcement. Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what if, um, I don't know, but what, what if someone is like 16, 17, and they're too scared for that to go to law, uh, law enforcement? Uh, do you guys have like alternatives on something that they should do? I would say reach out to an advocate mm-hmm. because... They don't have to follow the same guidelines as reporting. Exactly. They don't have the mandatory yeah, reporting right. guidelines that they have to follow, so mm-hmm. they can really help that client figure out what is right for them yeah. in the moment. Okay. Yeah. How do you look? I, I don't know. How would you look up for the, an advocate? Like, If you're not from this area, Google domestic violence advocate and stuff will pop up, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um, and the great thing, too, I think, you know, being a – a public health nurse I sit on the local SART team so oh, sexual assault yeah. response team mm-hmm. and so it's nice to have conversations so like Amanda's there so she's uh, um, advocate at Family Support Center and then like some of the detectives are there the Eau Claire um, detectives Eau Claire County detectives um, UW Eau Claire mm-hmm. um, some victim witness services people are there um, sane nurses from uh, Mayo and Sacred Heart, and sometimes I think Marshfield as well, because they're trying to. The new hospital is working on opening up a, um, a sane department as mm-hmm. well to have um, be able to do that service. So, um, we meet monthly and just kind of talk about um, what things each person or each um, what would you say each department is doing I guess kind of what things we're doing like we talk about what we're doing in the schools or um, what we're doing for outreach or education um, and then we also talk like any hard cases that they've had and um, kind of review some of the what happened what the outcomes were and plans for the future so what's the goal of that I mean I think the goal is really so that we all stay connected okay um, that we all know what each other are doing and we're not just really siloed in our own departments Um, Yeah. So that you can make those referrals better, have those relationships, and work together to prevent and make sure that the services are being covered for people that need them. And it's nice to be able to make, like, warm referrals. So if somebody comes to us and, like, they maybe want to talk to an advocate, it's like, oh, I know Amanda, and she's wonderful, and she works here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we can, or I know the social worker that works at right. Mayo Clinic, mm-hmm. or I know the same same nurse that works mm-hmm. at Mayo. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know one time when I had to make a report, so it was a young person that had been sexually assaulted, and so they're under the age of 18, so I had to make a report. And I was able to get Amanda there mm-hmm. while I was making the report. And Amanda's an advocate, right? Amanda's mm-hmm. an advocate. And so she was there, and after we made the report, I was able to step out of the room, and Amanda was um, Amanda was able to talk to this young person mm-hmm. and kind of help figure out what, what she needed and, mm-hmm. and kind of help her kind of work through it a little bit because that can be... Mm-hmm. a hard experience to right. first of all have been through that trauma mm-hmm. and then to kind of have to relive it a little bit um, mm-hmm. can be hard mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. any advice to someone who is ever in the situation what they should do like if they've, if they've been raped or if they've been like maybe I don't know do you have any words of encouragement or any anything for them to do and if not that's fine I would say I mean I would encourage them to 
go in, get help, ask, ask somebody, don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call. I mean, mm-hmm. experiences I think that I've heard people have, experience maybe that I've had, like being scared that you're going to get in trouble for maybe drinking or getting, mm-hmm. getting scared that you're going to get in trouble for something. And that is not what they're looking for. That's not what they're trying to, you know, it, it's when you go in, they're focusing on getting you the help that you need. Mm-hmm. Um so. Yeah, I like that you say that, like not being scared because you might have been drinking or doing drugs or something. Right, right. Or passed out or something like right. that. Right, and never think that it was your fault by mm-hmm. any means. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, just because you went out and got drunk doesn't mean the consequence of that was mm-hmm. that you were going to get raped. Right. I mean, the consequence of getting drunk is probably you're going to have a hangover <laughs> and feel like crap the next day, you know? Um, it's not, yeah, it's it shouldn't be that, so... Um, and I think too, like, I think listeners too, just knowing that maybe this experience hasn't happened to you, but you may be in the situation that a friend or, um, a relative that that's happened as Mm -hmm. well. And you can be, it's great to be that person to Mm -hmm. walk somebody through it and, and help them. Mm -hmm. And listen to them, right? Listen to them. I think the most, I shouldn't say most important thing, but. Just to reach out to someone, right. whether that be a professional, mm-hmm. whether that be getting a state mm-hmm. exam or mm-hmm. law enforcement, mm-hmm. or just talking to a friend or a loved one that you trust. Right. Um, and know that you're not in it alone. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be in it alone, mm-hmm. even though it can feel pretty lonely. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important, just having emotional support, empathetic mm-hmm. listening. I think it's really important to add that anyone can be sexually assaulted. So I think a lot of times we stereotypically think that men are always the perpetrators and they aren't ever the survivors of sexual assault, but that's not true. There can be a lot of sexual assault um, among men, especially we were just talking about um, like in prisons and things Mm -hmm. like that. And it does get really underreported because there's so much stigma around men being sexual assaulted and the fact that they should be stronger and that shouldn't have happened to them and it makes them less of a man um, because we have those stereotypical thoughts. And that's why it gets so underreported. But all of these services are available to anyone. It doesn't matter your gender, your sexual orientation. Um they're available to everyone, and I think it's important to know that. If you or someone you know is affected by domestic violence or sexual assault, I want to encourage you to talk to someone or to even call our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week confidential hotline. That number is 715-834-9578. We have trained advocates here ready to help. If you have any questions or have an idea on a topic that you think we should cover, you can contact our director. Her email is director at boltonrefuge.org. Just make sure you write podcast on the subject line. I want to give a special thanks to Abby and Janelle for giving us their wisdom on sexual assault and what a SANE exam and a SANE nurse is and what that looks like. Also, thanks so much for listening and supporting this podcast. 
We really appreciate all of your support. Make sure you share it with your friends, family, and community members. And together, we can help break the silence of domestic violence and sexual assault.